0: Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RIA Benchmarking Study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business, and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RIA Benchmarking Study is just one of many ways it provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com.
1: Welcome to the RIA Edge podcast. We are on location at the Schwab Impact Conference, the largest conference in the financial advice and RIA market. Over 5,000 people in attendance here. We've had the opportunity to talk to a number of thriving RIAs and what is one of the most exciting events of the year. I'm thrilled to be sitting here with Jelena Kerr, who's the managing director of client experience at Schwab advisor services. And we're going to talk about one thing you we'll know, going a lot of different directions, but that's growth. Um, it has been, as everyone knows, and has been talked about a lot here, a very challenging year. One of the most challenging years for advisors in history in terms of equity market and fixed income market. So we know, you know that there's obviously not a lot of growth that's come from market appreciation with that. We also know that there are some firms that have been growing um, intentionally. We have talked about M&A, but we haven't spent a lot of time talking about what's driving real organic growth. So maybe we can start there, Juliana. If you wouldn't mind, when you're looking at growth right now, what are the most strategic and thoughtful firms in the industry doing to create true intentional growth?
2: I think it starts really with how they are um, sharing their value proposition about their firms, how they're branding it, and how they're bringing it together really cohesively. Uh, It really does start with your your digital presence and your footprint and the centers of influence. So it's that blend of digital and people. And they have to be really intentional about that. And the most successful firms are incredibly intentional uh, and are seeing some good organic growth despite the headwinds.
1: Yeah, And when you talk about the digital experience, maybe we could spend a minute on that. I've looked at hundreds of advisors' websites, and not very many of them are good right? (laughs) To be very blunt. Um, They look like they're from a kit from a really long time ago. Um, And I don't think it actually does most advisors justice, right? So what does a good digital experience look like? we use the word experience a lot, but just putting a little bit of shape and definition around that, I think would be really helpful for our listeners.
2: Absolutely. I think when we think about digital experiences that advisors are trying to curate, you have to try to build trust and attract people in almost emotionally. So it's hard to think about that because most people tend to want to put and figures down, no how mm-hmm. large we are, how long we've been in business, but really it's a trust business and they've got to really amp that, piece of it up and, and draw people in that way. And so I think we've started to see an evolution of that. There are many consultants out there who actually help advisors Definitely. rethink the brand for their digital space. And it's it's important. I think it is overlooked quite often.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think beginning in March, 2020, when the whole industry went virtual overnight, and I don't think... We give ourselves in the industry enough credit for what happened over the course of just a couple of days and weeks. Um, But the entire business was reinvented. Uh, I'm curious, coming off of that and looking at, you mentioned trust before, how important it is, there were so many advisors that were able to onboard, convert prospects to clients that they'd never met in person before, right? Yes. Um, So what do we take away from that experience and how does that help growth rates moving forward?
2: Yeah. I think it's taught them how to maybe fish a little bit differently in addition to the more traditional manners. But I think what we learned too is that they were able to keep a lot of the things that they started to do digitally out of necessity as a best practice mm-hmm. post the the pandemic. So things like using DocuSign, things like using Zoom really are beneficial and they've made it the client's choice, which is great because yeah. that's really what it's all about. Yep. Clients should choose the way they want to interact with their advisor and it really enabled more of a flexibility around all of those things. And frankly, efficiency. But the digital footprint now for firms that are really digitally forward in terms of adopting those things, they're saving about 12.5% of their time on mundane operational tasks. Absolutely. Which is really a big win for them.
1: Definitely. And I think when I look at some of the firms that have had the best client experience, I love that you use the word choice. Right. I think that's the most important part. You know, my opinion is everybody you know, thinks about just technology and how can we be more digital and how do we create a better digital experience. But mm-hmm. it's really about giving clients and prospects too options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the experience isn't any one particular thing, right? It's just the ability to be flexible. Um, yeah. As you look ahead at twenty twenty three, we have no idea what the world will look like in terms of market performance, you know, overall economy. Um, but we can guess that you know, as we're potentially heading into a recessionary environment and minimum, it will be a slow growth right world. Um, what are you seeing as some of the innovations, some of the things that advisors are doing now that could help accelerate their growth in 2023 and beyond?
2: I think they're taking advantage of it. Uh, even while they might be um, not quite as successful in terms of attracting new clients, people tend to hunker down in these times and Lead to inact, lean into act- inactivity. Excuse me. Yeah. But I think um, what they're doing now is capitalizing on that and saying, "What can I do to scale my business? What can I do to improve the way my tech stack works together?" It really improves sort of an all-in-one approach because, really, um, they, if they can optimize all of the things they're spending their time on and be ready for the next real big growth boom they're they're going to be well well positioned i think going into the next upswing of the market so i think that's what i see most of them doing really just how can i think about scaling my business how can i think about driving that efficiency and then from there it it will be good timing
1: yeah oh absolutely and i genuinely believe that this is a bull market for financial advice right maybe a bear market in the traditional sense but i think people want need advice more than ever now and more specifically, I think younger you know, individuals who are not working with an advisor who have been you know, self-directed right, and have accumulated some wealth. Um, they need guidance, right? Um, and you have a very heavy presence on NextGen here. I see a lot of the students yeah. uh, from the CFP programs, which is great. Um, I am curious, though, to just kind of talk a little bit about you know, working with younger investors, mm-hmm. Talked about the experience. We know there's a growth opportunity. Do you have any pieces of advice for advisors that are actually looking to engage with next gen investors, things that they may need to do differently than what they've been doing for the last 10 or 20 years with boomers and gen X?
2: I I think, you know, one thing, I mean, it gets talked about often, but I don't want to discount it, which is really trying to make connections with the next generation of their own clients. Yes. Maybe by doing some educational events for them. I think that's just kind of table stakes at this point, but... Beyond that, I think advisors have to reach out into local high schools, colleges, and really offer up educational ways to, to connect with them. I know my own daughter's a freshman at the University of Oregon. She's in a club where they're learning about all of these things. I mean, how powerful it's is great. it if it's a local advisor yeah. that's actually fueling that and teaching it? Uh, it's a great way to sort of build understanding about the industry, what sets it apart from the rest of the financial services. I love that.
1: And I think yeah, the important part there. Isn't just directly connecting with the next gen, but also making them more aware of what this business is. There are not a lot of people your daughter's age, right, yeah. who know what wealth management is or an RIA. Maybe they do because you work here, <laughs> but <laughs> <Maybe not. laughs> still, I mean, the, the the RIA channel, for as large as it has become, is still a little bit of a secret, um, mm-hmm. and people don't necessarily fully understand that all the things that an RA can actually do for them. So I think that's great. And go Ducks, by the way.
2: thanks. (laughs) Uh,
1: Anything else as we look ahead to 2023 from a client experience or a growth standpoint that you would point out should be on an advisor's radar, whether it's challenges or opportunities in the year ahead?
2: I think really just, you know, staying the course, I, I feel like if they can really find ways to spend more time with clients, helping palm them, helping them understand some of the additional products and things that are out there. I mean, there's all kinds of... New things that are germinating. You see much larger presence of alternatives and crypto, and clients need help understanding those. It's a great time to kind of go deeper with them on those things, yeah. help them understand how the ecosystem is shifting, uh, which creates stickiness in relationship.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point, especially being here after a few years off. It's amazing to see how much larger this conference has become, but how many new names there are, whether it's in the wealth tech or the crypto space. So if this is you're a good representation of the wealth te- wealth management ecosystem, and I think it is. <laughs> there are a lot of options, which means obviously a lot of need for learning and education, but I think you guys have done a phenomenal job here, and I'm very excited about what's ahead for 2023. So thank you for stopping by the podcast. We appreciate yeah. it.
2: Thanks, Mark. Appreciate being here.
1: Jelena, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and thank you, everybody, for pushing play on the RIA Edge podcast. On behalf of the wealth management team, and I'm Mark Bruno. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode of the RIA Edge podcast.
0: Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RIA Benchmarking Study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors, such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business, and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RIA Benchmarking Study is just one of many ways They provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com.